Hi guys, my name is Katie and I am the voice and the creator behind the blog and brand turned podcast, The Pilates Blonde, Sweat Thrive Glow. It's where we do all of the things. Today we are swan diving into, guys, I've been working so much on personal development and personal growth. And today we're going to talk about something that's kind of new to me. It's something that I did recently, and it's been very, very beneficial to me. And that is writing a personal code of conduct. Here's the deal. You are like born, right? And then you do this whole thing called life and there's no real rule book. And A personal code of conduct is writing out your own expectations for yourself, your non-negotiables for yourself, and then also the expectations that are underneath it. So I'm constantly on this journey for self-improvement and self-reflection and personal growth. And if you aren't growing and learning about yourself and being honest about yourself of areas improvement, you're never going to hit that next level, right? We all have flaws. So today's podcast is on our own personal non-negotiables. And this was inspired by listening to several different business podcasts and listening to how different podcasts and how different businesses run their code of conduct and their like rules for their employees and how they keep things in line and like where they make exceptions and contracts and things like that. And I was like, oh, what if we had a contract for our own personal life. And if I wrote out my own code of conduct, what would that look like? And where would I make my own like rules? And where would I put in the exceptions? Um, And I'm really excited about what I was able to come up with. And I'm not going to share everything with you, but there's a few things that I think apply to the masses that would be really, really interesting to apply business principles to your life. So today I'm going to share with you some of my own and then how to make one for yourself. And so what I did was I first sat down and defined three different states of like being. And one of them is my ideal self. One of them is my lowest self. And then one of them is like mediocre slash real self. That's the real deal. That's what's happening on the daily. And that's where I need to like leave my expectations. So I compared it to a podcast that I was listening to that was talking about running a business and what would the business look like if they gave a 10 star experience, defining what a 10 star experience would be at a business. And that would be, say you're flying in from out of town to come to your, we're going to use Stride as an example because it's easy, um, to come to the studio. We pick you up at the airport in a limo. All of the instructors are there. Somebody's playing like an instrumental saxophone as you come out. We're all chanting your name. Then we drive you to the studio. We carry you in to your bike that's already preset to all of your settings. We come in and it's a playlist of all of your favorite songs because we stocked your Spotify. And then we give you a crazy class, and then we carry you to a spa, right? That would be a 10-star experience. That's also a super unrealistic experience of coming to a studio, right? Like that's just not how it is. So then you back it off and be like, okay, what's an eight star experience? What's a seven star experience? Take it to a five star experience, right? And then you take it to the negative and you define what a one star experience looks like. You walk into the studio, there's no music playing. Somebody's sitting behind the desk, their back is turned towards you. They're not making eye contact with you. 
Um, you've asked them a question and then they've ignored you. You are wandering around the studio trying to find where you're supposed to go. You walk in there. You've never taken a class before. You don't know how to set up your bike. The instructor walks in seven minutes in after when the class time is supposed to start. That would be a one-star experience. You're never coming back and you're going to take time out of your day to let people know it was a bad experience and that you are going to leave a bad Yelp review, right? So I did the same thing with myself. So I wrote out my ideal self and I wrote out my lowest self and I took my morning and kind of made that my basis. So my consistency in my life is my first thing in the morning and then right before bed. And I truly believe that when I start my morning off, as close to my ideal self as possible, that I have the best mornings. Um, And that best mornings translates into the best work day, which means I'm delivering the best classes to my clients, the best information to my nutrition clients. Um, It's just, it translates, right? And then I come home and I come in from that day and then I set myself up for success the night before. And then it just has this cascade, right? The commitment cascade. I committed to being my ideal self. So now that commitment cascade, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, um, I forget what that one was called. Uh, I don't have my notes, um, but it was called, there was a episode nine um, has the commitment cascade in it. And we can talk more about that later. Um, but you can always go back and listen to that. So I commit to myself that I'm going to be as close to my ideal self as possible. And then when I do that, it has this like snowballing effect where I continue to do well, just like when I show up as my lowest self, because I'm not giving that energy, I continue to show up as my lowest self. And lately I've been calling myself out on it, like really being like, Ooh, girl, you today, you had a one star day. Um, and I've been rating myself. I feel like a scale from one to 10 is too broad. I really like a scale from one to five. Um, cause it's kind of like a grading system. Like a five is an A and a one is an F and I want to aim for a three, four, five every single day and stay away from the one and twos, but be honest with myself when I had a one and two day and don't just bump myself up to a three because it feels good. I had this professor in college. He was a philosophy professor and he told us that we, he essentially said that we shouldn't be getting A's in all of our classes because if everyone is getting an A, then everybody should be getting a C, right? Because if that's the class quote unquote average, um, then it's a C, not an A. An A is for extraordinary work. Um, So having a three-star day is an average day. Um, Having a five-star day means I went above and beyond all and exceeded my own expectations for myself. And so that's the goal, a three, a four, or a five. And being honest when I hit a one or a two. So just being really honest with yourself. Self-reflection before you go to bed. How did I show up today? Did I show up as my... five, did I show up as a one? And you'll create that rating system and kind of like a grading sheet or like a rubric for yourself. Um, and it can just, you can have it typed, you can have it written, um, just things that are you, are you really showing up as your best self? And so I like to think of my ideal self as kind of like Beyonce versus Sasha Fierce. If you guys don't understand that reference, Beyonce has this like alter ego. She had an album, Sasha Fierce and Sasha Fierce 
is like her ideal self, right? So I feel like my ideal self is the Pilates blonde, but every morning I'm showing up as Katie. Um, and so ideally I want to be the Pilates blonde every day and do everything according to my code of conduct. Most days I'm going to fall slightly short, but we have to have big audacious goals, right? So my ideal self in the morning, we're going with the morning routine, is proactive. I set my alarm for 5 or 5.30. I'm prioritizing sleep right now. Um, so I'm avoiding that 3 a.m. alarm every single day except for Friday because I can't. Um, so I'm proactive in the morning. I set my alarm for 30 minutes before I need to get out of bed. The reason being is I want to put on a meditation for 30 minutes. I'm not somebody who likes to sit up and do a meditation. I know that it's like there's no rules for meditation, but there's rules for meditation. Um, You're supposed to be sitting with your back up against a wall, grounded, blah, blah, blah. I like to do it in bed. Set an alarm to do a 30-minute meditation. Um, Sometimes I do a 20-minute meditation and then like a 10-minute self-meditation where I'm just going through and just breathing and trying to get rid of my thoughts. Then I pick up my Daily Stoic and read whatever paragraph is in that book for the day and then find a connection to it in my life, a little bit of journaling. Taking out a journal, um, my friend Celeste, I love her so much. Um, I'll actually link her Instagram in the show notes because she has been a huge inspiration for me. Um, She's my favorite internet friend that I've made. Um, so I journal and I set my intention. Then I drink my whole 30 ounce Starbucks cup before I make my coffee. Then I choose a podcast. I listen to a podcast when I'm in my, in my bath and I'm just sitting there and just being present. Then I get ready. I eat. I make my bed. I wipe off the counters in the bathroom. I pack my lunch. I get ready and I'm setting myself up for success for the day. I had a proactive morning. Now I'm going to show you my lowest self, and this is when I have a reactive morning. And you'll see what I mean when I get into it. So I snooze my alarm seven times. I check my phone instantly. When I check my phone instantly, I go from being proactive and doing all of the things that set my intention and goals for the day into instantly being reactive. Because when you are responding to other people, you are allowing them to control your schedule. So the second that I start answering text messages, answering emails, answering DMs, all of those things, I'm reacting to something, right? So this is my reactive morning. Without fail, the mornings that I snooze my alarm, that I check my phone instantly, I make coffee before I drink water and I get back in bed and I watch Netflix. I don't know why this happens, but I do. And I, it, I don't love it. Um, And then I stay in bed too long. Then I'm rushing. I don't make my bed. I run out the door without food. And my job is to give, right? I have to give my energy to other people, um, whether it's via social media or by podcasting or teaching a class or sitting down and talking to a nutrition client or FaceTiming or phone calls with a nutrition client. My job is to give. So my morning has to be selfish and unapologetically selfish. And that's just the way that it has to be. So I'm calling myself out when I'm not showing up as my ideal self, or at least um, spending most of my morning being my ideal self and just ignoring that lowest self, right? Um, And so if my happy medium tends to look like this, I, so my real self, my like three out of five stars, my C rating, 
would be the 30-minute meditation, the daily stoic, the journal, the intention, the water, the coffee, the podcast. And then when I get into my bathtub, this is typically what happens most mornings. I enter the bath with my breakfast and in the bathtub is when I start responding to texts, DMs, and emails. Um, So it's half a proactive morning, half a reactive morning. It depends on when my class schedule is and how many nutrition consults that I have. Say I teach three or two classes in the morning and then I have nutrition consults and then I teach more in the afternoon. Uh, I don't have that much time to respond to things. So I will have to do a realistic version of my morning where I can still get back to you guys. In the middle is my real self. My morning is a a win when I'm self-focused. And I want to talk about self-focused versus ego. It's not about being me, 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 um, in a sense of I deserve this because I'm the best and I'm higher than everybody else type of, it's just, this is what my soul needs to improve. And this is what I need to do for an hour in the morning to make sure that I'm showing up as my best self, if that makes sense. Now, let's talk about the personal contract slash code of conduct. These are our non-negotiables for our behavior plus our exceptions. Um, This is where we write out our morals and our integrity. This is where we talk about the things that we really want to identify with. And I'm not going to go through all of mine, but one that's super duper important to me And I think you guys can all relate to it. So as humans, it's human nature to have conversations about other humans, right? Our entire life is about connection and relationships, whether they're positive or negative. And I was finding myself being part of or around a lot of negative conversations about other people. And I realized that it was ugly and I didn't like it and I didn't want to be included. And so I was having a conversation with a friend and mentor. Her name is Kelly. I've mentioned her about a thousand times. And she was like, I know what your problem is. And I was like, please tell me. And she was like, these conversations that you're having aren't solution based. And that's what you're craving. You don't like the conversations negatively about other people. And because they're not solution based, it's just nasty. And I was just like, oh my God, that's it. So she was like, just set a new precedent and tell people that when you're having a conversation, um, it can only be solution based if you're talking about somebody else. And if it turns into cattiness that you need to walk away from the conversation. Um, so the best way that I have found to do this is to approach the person. I only have these conversations with like three or four people in my life. Um, And when you approach them, the best way to do it, the ideal way to do it is to be like, hey, do you have the mental space and capacity and time for this conversation? Because I need your input. And from there, allow them to say yes or no. And if somebody comes to you with this same thing, be honest. And if you don't have the space or the capacity for it, shut down the conversation and ask them to move on to one of their other mentors. And that's totally fine. And if they are coming from their own personal code of conduct, they will respect that and move on. Okay. And so you start the conversation with, I need, I have a problem and I'm looking for a solution based conversation. I'm focused on the solution of my issue and not the emotion and remove the emotional side of it. 
nobody is trying to hurt you. And if they are, then you already know what the solution is to your conflict. And that's to step away from it. Right. And then if the conversation takes that nasty turn, you just remove yourself for the conversation. And so I wrote down all of this in my code of conduct, solution based conversations, making sure that the person has the mental space and time for this Focusing on the solution, not the emotion. Another drop down. Remove yourself from the conversation if it turns ugly. My only exception for this is R. Kelly and the Real Housewives. Those <laughs> R. Kelly, I don't have anything positive to say about him. Um, the Real Housewives, I talk about all the time. And sometimes it's not solution based. Most of the time it's not solution based. Another example that I have is sitting on plans. So I get really excited, guys. You guys know that I have a touch of ADD. Somebody is like, you know what would be really cool? If we went mudsliding in Guam. And I'm like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. And then it's Friday night and I'm so tired and I don't want to go mudsliding in Guam. So then I have to like backtrack and pull myself out of it. And then I look flakier than a crescent roll. And I don't like that. Right. So I got the tip to sit on the plans for 24 hours and be like, listen, I have to check my schedule. Let me get back to you. Typically, if it's a Friday night, I'm going to say no. I wake up at three o'clock in the morning on Fridays. I teach five straight through and then I may or may not have been adding something else to my schedule. And so I may or may not have a second job in the afternoon. Um, So I just don't have this time or the capacity and I will be Flaky McFlakerson if I commit to something on a Friday night. Okay? So that's that. Friday nights are are just off limits for me, and I know that. Saturday nights are fine. And if somebody was like, hey, do you want to go to Guam on Saturday? I can be like, yeah, sure. And in my code of conduct, I have that if I commit to something, I'm not backing out because I am not the person who backs out of plans. So We are going to set a standard for ourselves and we are going to set a high standard because you are the boss of your life and you live in choice. I'm going to repeat that. You live in choice. So you pick and choose where your priorities lie. You pick and choose your rules. You make the rules. And self-accountability is self-love. And if you can't love yourself enough to hold yourself accountable and level set expectations with other people, then you're not achieving the purest self of uh, the purest form of self-love. And that is just really holding people to your standard for yourself and unapologetically. So you don't have to apologize for having high standards for the way that you are treated and the way that you act, right? Because when you love your soul and you call yourself out, when you are doing less and living less than your potential, then you live in a place of love, right? You're operating from a place of self-love, which means you're a better friend and you're a better partner and you're a better employee and you're a better daughter. So you're going to sit down and you're going to meditate or you're going to journal or you're going to set an intention of, okay, what are my personal codes of conduct and go through it, like really get into it. Like what morally, what am I willing to do in X, Y, and Z? And then what are your exceptions? Do you have exceptions? Maybe you think highly of R. Kelly. I'm not sure how you could say anything positive about him. I think he's, I mean, okay, Ignition Remix is a great song. And so is uh, Holiday Inn. Um, so there's one positive thing about R. Kelly, but I don't have any other nice things to say because now I can't listen to those songs. So he took something from me, you know? 
I'm done talking about him. Anyway, you're going to go through, you're going to write out your personal code of conduct. You're going to put exceptions for your rules. If there are, maybe you don't have any. Um, And then you're going to post it and you're going to refer back to it. When you want to cancel out of plans that you made on a Saturday and you're like, oh, I don't have an exception for a Saturday. I only have an exception for a Friday. You have to go bowling or you have to go mudsliding in, in Guam. Um, it is what it is, guys. You made that commitment and you have to hold yourself to those standards. You are the person who doesn't flake out, right? You don't flake out on Saturdays. Those are those I am statements. And that commitment cascade that we talked about last week. Guys, my name is Katie Dudley. I am the host of this show. You just listened to me for probably an annoying amount of time. I have 7% left on my Mac. I am going to head out the door. I love you. Make good choices. Look both ways. Love you the most.